Good morning. Good morning, Daily Huddlers. The Daily Huddle is a growing tribe of passionate people who want to uplift humankind through their work and throughout their communities. We invite you to elevate the way you experience life through rich and inspiring conversations with today's thought leaders. Be prepared to challenge your views about leadership, health, money, spirituality, communication, and relationships. Welcome to The Daily Huddle. Here we are. Welcome. Good morning, friends. Wednesday on The Daily Huddle, where we talk everything communication and relationships. Why? Because we know that more effective communication builds better relationships. And better better relationships build better families, better communities, and better business. So today I am joined with a very special guest, someone who can never be here because he works an insane amount of hours, but sitting beside me is my firstborn and my son, Wilson Heaton. So say hi, Wilson. How are y'all doing? <laughs> and so we're going to take the next 25 minutes or so in hopes of doing something that will make this time spent here together super valuable. And I've been hopeful to have my son on here with me. Many of you know our story and our journey. And um, sometimes we think it's just beginning. But um, I want to set a little background before I dig into asking my son some questions that I hope if they inspire you half as much as his transformation and the way he looks at life has inspired me, then um, we, we've served you this morning. But I want to give a little backstory. Some of you know a version of this, but so that we're all on the same page. I'm going to take us back to last year at this time of year, actually about a week before actually exactly December 22nd of last year. House was decorated for Christmas and I was living on the energy of hope as I have known to do, hoping once again that Wilson would walk free. He had been in prison for, at that point, seven years and 21 days. And on December 22nd, my phone rang. And it was a phone call from someone that has a connection to someone on the parole board. And he got some inside information for me. And he said, Tara, January 10th. I said, are you sure? He said, I promise you, January 10th. And I literally, literally dropped down to my knees and started sobbing. He told me that Wilson was going to walk free on January 10th of 2022. And at 7.52 a.m. on January, 20th, January 10th, he did exactly that. He walked into my arms. So I know this. I know a couple things. I know that to see your child, your son, be sentenced to prison is the ultimate mom fail. And whenever I speak to people about it, especially when I'm, as you all know, pretty transparent about it, Folks, I think they, they wonder if they can share it and they wonder if I want to hide it. And Wilson and I believe that that's no way to live, that if we don't share this story, then it doesn't bring a lot of goodness from suffering, not only from our suffering, but if you don't know how Wilson uh, came to go to prison, he was drinking one night, he drove and he struck someone with his truck. And due to that accident, she is very disabled, very much like Wilson's own sister. And that is hard to carry around every day. Um, so we feel called to share this story and to continue to share it in hopes of 
making sure that our suffering matters to other people. And if anyone's tapped into the understanding of happiness and where it comes from, I have to tell you, it's my son. So Wilson, I'm going to turn it over to you here and I'm going to ask you some questions. Um, Lean in here with me. All right. (laughs) Here we go. Oh, oh, the question. The question is, where is happiness hiding? Um, Let's start before prison and how you were chasing happiness and why. Like how you saw it, how you see yourself now. That's the question. I, you did miss, miss it because I didn't say it. But you take us back to when you, before prison and how you viewed happiness and how you were chasing it and why. Look well, the camera. My whole life, um, I feel like I always loved the moment anyway. Like I know I heard y'all talking about the moment and I studied and read and meditated on life and and i learned the same thing you know that there is no moment there really is no past or future that those are all just concepts of the human mind and um so i feel like that was always in me because i always loved the moment and didn't think really past that moment i would just be in the moment and i would that caused me to go down bad paths sometimes as well but i feel like in that moment before i was um I still wasn't all the way present because I didn't know how to, I was real, I was more running than really finding happy. I was really running from other things and trying to find happiness, happiness, I feel like. But the things that I would find weren't, were just, it was like false happiness. It was just temporary, you know? Can you give us some examples? Of what I would do? Yeah. Like what were you doing to just find this false sense of happiness? Really just. Adrenaline. I was really an adrenaline junkie. Right. But I, I, I look back now and that was also part of, like, I risked my life doing crazy stuff. That was part of me loving that thrill. But at the same time, that was like not caring all the way about my life. I feel like maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But I have confidence in myself. Like, I used to do crazy things like climb the outside of hotel buildings, you know, like six stories. Yes, I. But I, I remember, I remember in my heart and in my, like, I've never, I've never, had suicidal thoughts i've never wanted to to in my to die you know mm-hmm. i remember being confident but at the same time i do remember just not caring not caring. not caring really okay not it's not that i didn't care about living it's just that i had no care attitude about life basically okay yeah. but you had some you had would you say that you had freedom before you went to prison I was free on my own two feet, but I wasn't free inside, you know? Okay. Why do you think that is? Because I didn't know how to deal with life my and my thoughts. That was my main thing. And, you know, memories, pain and stuff. Okay. All right. So uh, in February of 2013, there was an accident. And in De- on December 1st of 2014, you were sentenced to prison. Tell me, tell us about the first few days, first few months or years, like how that affected you. Well, by the, I remember the when I pled guilty to the prison sentence, I remember that I was, I had, you know, I had accepted. I pled guilty. It was finally over. I was like, well, that's finally over. The whole waiting, because I waited for 22 months, not knowing how long I was going to do in prison or I didn't know anything. 
but then I waited seven years and didn't know when I was going to get out of prison. But the first part was just uh, waiting and not knowing. And um, I lost, I lost myself right there. So when you first went to prison, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like, I'm the sorry. experience. I'm sorry. Well, I was ready. I had like I almost calmed down a little bit, even though I had just pled guilty to ten years. That I felt kind of relaxed because more relaxed because it was finally over the waiting. Yes. Like here's my next path. And I remember sitting in the first jail cell that's under the courthouse where they, after they handcuff you and they take you down there and I was just sitting there, but I do remember being present in that moment and being aware, like the reality of the situation that was sinking in. I remember just being like, I remember feeling just like, wow, I'm li really living this experience. You know, like I'm going to prison. Like I'm sitting in this little jail cell under the courthouse, just told them to play guilty, you know? Mm -hmm. I remember that moment very distinctively, like the reality of it sinking in in that little jail cell. But I, it wasn't a, I was like, I'm ready, you know, like I'm ready. I, I had to pay for what I did and the, I already pled guilty. So let's go. That's really how I felt as well. Okay. And then, but I want you to tell like when you started living in different prisons and how, like what changed as far as like access to touch, to sunlight, to privacy. Tell us how that affected you. Oh, well, that over time, I guess the effects came to be, but not having Speak up, honey. It's not, they might not be able to hear you. How it affected me? Mm -hmm. It just, well, for one, it affected me in being able to realize like you don't miss something really until it's gone, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you don't, you take things for granted. People do naturally take things for granted and they don't realize like, you don't th think the fact that you can just go and take a fresh, fresh air right now without even thinking that's natural. It's, we're human. That's what we do. We breathe fresh air. But when that's taken away from you, it, it's a whole different experience. Okay. So even the, the simple luxuries of life were taken away from you and you had to live in this, communal area with terrible food, little access to sunlight, little access to people that you love, little access to adrenaline, to dopamine, to any, any pleasures in life. And I remember talking to you um, in the first you know, few years and it was, you tried to stay upbeat on the phone because that's who you've always been. I'm fine, mom. I'm fine, mom. You said that your whole life to me. And, um, but I could hear that you were suffering and then slowly that changed. And this new spirit came through the phone. So take your time and tell us how you, what happened? Tell us what happened. Was it because of the excellent prison system? No. <laughs> it was really, when, you know, like when he said here in this moment of now, that whole concept, concept of the only thing that there is is what is, you know, mm -hmm. the Taoism. Like I read this book and it's a funny story because my mom gave me this book about this drug addict when I was younger and it's called A Million Little Pieces. Remember? Mm -hmm. I remember. But in that book, he references when he's in this rehab, this book called The Tao and how it's just, just let everything flow, you know, with life, just let what is be. And I just remember reading that book as a child and that always, um, 
interesting. It always interested me, but I always I always felt something when I read that part. So when I got to jail, I ordered that book, and that book changed my life forever. Just all the realizations of well, I feel like realizations like that and beliefs are kind of personal to somebody. But what I found the truth to be is complete connectedness between everything and existence you know Mm -hmm. and if you really come to be able to recognize that and can really feel it that's a life-changing experience that will change anybody's life forever when you really know in your heart that you are part of everything else around you and everybody else is part of you so you read the Tao, and it it couldn't be as simple as reading a book though. Like, tell me, did you continue to reference it? How did you change your, your thinking? Well, I was just, once I realized that I wish I had it, I should have brought that. That'd be really cool for an interview. But, um, it just helped. I just found peace with everything. Like when I learned that I couldn't run anymore because I was in this space where there's no running and I had no way to, run from my own mind, which I had been doing my whole life and just running from life. And I was stuck. I was stuck and I couldn't anymore. And so it was tough at first, but eventually I just learned how to organize my thoughts. Okay. Well, how? I mean, I, I know it's hard to explain, but our hope here is that what you were able to uncover, which has given you this, I mean, this is going to sound like a crazy statement, but I think the last couple of years, and I think you even said this, that you were in prison. You said you were probably one of the most grateful, happy people on earth. And that's crazy. You say grateful, happy people, because that's what I've been thinking about all morning before this is that that's what I, when we got to the happiness part, I believe that's uh that comes from gratitude, but not of like, just of gratitude of being alive and being able to experience Because a lot of people have gratitude for things you didn't have, right? Like, oh, I'm so fortunate I have this job and this cozy bed. And, you know, I turned on a fireplace this morning with a switch and I have this hot cup of coffee, which from a fancy coffee place. And there you were with a gratitude practice. Tell us about your gratitude practice in prison. Damn. Well, when you (laughs) when your gratitude changes to being grateful for a new toothbrush, you know. Yeah. Then. It just puts everything in a different perspective for you. And so I just finally worked through all my clutter up here. I learned how to meditate. I I taught myself a second language, which I really give a lot of credit to the growth I've had personally from learning that other language because it, it just opened up my mind in a whole different way that I never even knew was possible. And that that takes us back to talk to the brain, because when you're learning something new, that is one of the very best ways to get natural forms of consistent dopamine, which keeps you happy and driving. That's flow state. Right. But I learned that to love. Love and happiness, once you realize who what you are and learn how to love yourself. And here. I, th- I believe that's where happiness comes from is, is uh love and gratitude, but there's a difference between saying you're grateful and actually feeling gratitude. Okay. Explain it. Like feeling with any emotion, you know, emotions, they make you feel and they, you let off vibrations from 
these emotions you're feeling because other people can feel and sense things, you know? Mm -hmm. But in the same sense, when you feel gratitude, it's, it's a, it's a feeling just like when you feel love or, you know, when somebody has given you something and it just feels the, you know, the feeling of gratitude, it feels good. Yeah. And it's, it's connected to love too, you know, I think. And, um, I just learned that it, I was able to see that out of circumstances and even circumstances in life really don't have anything to do with happiness. If you can find the truth of your, your own truth, you know, of, of who you are, mm-hmm. especially. So I, I feel like two things happened. I mean, a lot of things happened, but two like big, unbelievable things happened. And one is, and so let's just start with this one. You, you lived a life of being determined to be happy and upbeat and bring joy and passion to every room that you entered, always telling the family you were fine, you were okay. And then you go to prison where you didn't have the chance to bring joy and happiness to every room. And you were forced to face pain. How did you work through that? Tell, tell the story about the physical pain. That okay, you felt. okay. Yeah. And this was before I started reading on, you know, spirit, spirituality and all the I've, all the books I read and all the studying I did. This was before because this is at the beginning, right when I was in jail waiting to go to prison, right after I had pled guilty. <clears throat> but it wasn't like you have to go to like you're sick, going to the bathroom, stomach ache. It was like I had this stomach, something going on in my stomach. I don't know what, what it was, but it was like somebody stabbing knives in my stomach <clears throat> and I couldn't eat or anything. And I was laying on the bed and this, it went on for like at least a day, you know. Didn't they isolate you or no? No, he, um, they took me out and he just asked me about, uh, he just asked me a couple of things and gave me some Tylenol and sent me back. Oh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> but I remember laying there on the bed and for the first time I saw the pain as like, something separate from me. I was able to to see it because there was nowhere for it to go. And I was just holding on, you know, mm-hmm. and I s- could see pain for what it was and that it was separate from me if I was able to let it be, you know, and that it was something separate from me. And that's when that, that really changed my life forever out there as well. You could say, because once I really, and then through reading, I just learned and discovered more and more. But once I realized that your thoughts and all the stuff that goes on in your head, I realized that's not who I am, that the person or the my soul, who I am, is the, the person that can witness my thoughts okay. and witness all that goes on up there. And that that clutter and all the, the things that go on up there are just like reactions from all the things I've learned and experienced and been through. And I feel it's just it's like fumes, you know, mm-hmm. but if when I can center myself, that's really who I believe I am, you know, is my soul. All right. So, um, so let's think a little bit more about the pain that you were running from. And so initially for a long time, a lot of it had to do with your sister and her decline, right? His sister. Pretty much forever. Forever. That's what I ran from forever. Okay. The big, that was the big thing. Just watching his sister have seizures and be bullied and her brain slowly deteriorating. And 
Tell me today when you're around Caroline and you think about what she's lost, does it still hurt? Oh yeah, definitely. And, and yes, it hurts. And how do we deal with that? I mean, what have you learned that helps us deal with things in life that forever and ever it is heartbreaking? How do you continue to? Well, I got this advice from you a long time ago, but I never could put it to practice. Okay. So, you know, I had the growth that I had, but letting emotions and pain and all that run through you instead of blocking it. Okay. And I, you know, my mind got open to, to that in a whole, in a whole different way, because any emotion and anything you feel, if you let it run through you, it flows. But if you, if you um, reject it, you know, then it gets bottled up. And so I just learned how to let pain run through me. To let yourself feel it. Let myself feel everything. I'm not a scared. I'm not scared of feeling anymore. You know. Yeah. I, I, I've changed <laughs> since I. Uh, like emotion just comes over me sometimes at random moments now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just, th- but I know that's just me letting emotion run through me. You know. And you used to be afraid of that. Oh, definitely. But I was young and na- naive and just a kid. You know, that didn't know have any wisdom or um, knowledge of. <clears throat> Um, so, oh, we're getting close on question time. Um, so I guess I want to ask you one last question then. Um, you know, you've been free almost for a year. And when you first came out, you were living in like ecstasy, right? But now things are settling in. You're working an insane amount of hours. You have family, you have a girlfriend and her daughter that you care for. Tell me how you're using your happiness practice now. When there's a lot, well, I, there's it, it, no, it is. It's hard. It's harder sometimes. I, I have to keep reminding myself of, of the things that I know, like that we're talking about right now, you know, mm-hmm. I have to try to keep bringing myself back to that center because life out here, it moves fast and you can get caught in it very fast, very fast, you know? And, and do you, do you ever feel tempted to go back to the crazy drinking, partying, adrenaline Oh, no, not in that way. Not in that way at all. Why? Because I found a a different a different way. And my way feels good and my way is fun and my way is the best way I want to do it. So that's why I try to tell people now it's not it's not even about alcohol. I just that's no longer something I do just as well as like a vegan no longer eats meat. And they don't Yeah, they have to explain sometimes, but it is what it is. They just don't. Okay. But I don't. So now how do you deal with a hard day versus you? So you don't stop and think, well, maybe just one drink. You what? How do you deal with a hard day? Um, I just let it be. Let it just be a hard day. And just the even the stuff in my mind that goes on, you know, I just let it. Let it be until it no longer is. <laughs> Can you uh, tell that to Giovanni and all these people listening in Spanish? What Which you, anything, just tell them what you learned a little bit in Spanish. Podríamos haber tenido esta conversación en español también. Podríamos haber hablado. Yo podría haber explicado cualquier cosa igual. Yo puedo explicar mi historia y contar mi historia en español igual que inglés. 
<laughs> okay, we had a few questions here. Let's see, Rashida has a question for you. Good morning, good morning. This is Rashida. Oh my goodness. Good morning, good morning. I don't know how to start. I am, my eyes are full of tears from the gratitude and to come to really give you that thumbs up how brave you are, how you walk this path that the universe have granted you and how strong you get out of this endeavor. I am so, so proud of you, Tara. Good job, mommy. Good job. Trust me. <laughs> you angel. Trust Thank me. you, Rashida. <laughs> Trust me. I have a 24-year-old son, and I cannot stop speaking to him. And sometimes I just take a break. I take a vacation. And say, Mom, you start speaking. I say, yes, I'm on a break. I'm on a break. So what happened with you and your son, Tara? He just took a break from you. But when they, he came back, he came back in a different manner, in a different persona, in a different spirit, in a different conscious awareness of spirituality that you can see the change. Muchas gracias. Un buen trabajo. Un buen trabajo. Muchas gracias. Thank you so much. I'm telling you, this is something to talk about every single day. Congratulations. With that, I agree. Thank you, man. That's so <laughs> Thank you, Rashida. Chase, what you got, my friend? Ooh, this is powerful. Man. Um, I, I commend both of you. I mean, what a what an incredible young man you are. And just step out into this space and, and release these things is 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 I I don't have the right word for it. I'm humbled by it. Um <clears throat> when you found yourself in that situation based on driving uh while drinking, did you feel like at that moment or in those times when you were drinking that the alcohol created a space for you to not think about what was going on in your life and and go to somewhere else? And then now that you're not in that space anymore and you've gone through this situation, you told me that you don't drink anymore, so on and so forth. Is there something or, or, or what, where do you draw your, your highest point of happiness now that that is finished? Like, what is the thing that you can go to, be it your girlfriend, your incredible mother, or something personal that you can go to, like a certain book or a certain sport, like what is your thing that you're like, now I'm out, I can do this all the time. Like, this is my happiness. Like, I really want to go here. And maybe you didn't have that before. Well, first of all, thank you for what you said, sir. And what came to, to my mind immediately when you asked me that is my other, my other language, you know? Like, it is so, like I said, when I explained that how my mind has just had this change, it's like I'm walking around and just like amazed by my own mind every day. You know what I mean? Like when, I, because I think in two languages now and right. it's just like, all right. And it's not in an egotistical way, but I can't, I have to just admit that like, it'll be like this forever. But every time I go speak Spanish, I mean, pe people's reactions are funny, you know, like sometimes they're really 
kind of annoying too because they don't believe like i'll start speaking in spanish and it's like they don't even believe me at first and then you know, <laughs> but even right, you've increased your capacity i had the same situation me speaking italian in italy they looked right. at me and like whoa they looked at me like i was some sort of freak your spanish but, is great by the way wow thank you sir but it also gives me an opportunity i've noticed to to connect to well, of course it, i can connect now to a whole different culture you know through a whole different language but I've had experiences where, like the other the other night, not long ago, I met this man, and uh, I think he was from El Salvador. But when I started speaking Spanish to him, and he was telling these other people who who were with us, he said, "He said what I know when by the way this man speaks Spanish so clearly." He said, "He um he loves he loves he loves uh Spanish. He loves Hispanic people, you know." And I told him, I said, I said, that's true, but I love everybody. I love life, you know, but he like almost got tears to his eyes when he was saying that. And he's like, and it really means a lot. That's what he, I forgot to add that. He said, and it really means a lot. Oh, but you know, I'm, I look pretty gringo, you know, like <laughs> I'm pretty uh white, you know? So it also, I had the opportunity to open other people's eyes, you know, mm-hmm. and my girlfriend, she's from Venezuela. She's Hispanic, but. And I like that. I like causing people to challenge their thinking and to to try to step away from assumptions. Right. Assumptions and just people live in separateness so much that it's just now that I've found my own truth, it's like it's sad to me that how separate everything is, you know? Yeah. And how people just see this separateness and everything. It's just really sad to me. Um, well, I'm proud of you, brother. You expanded your capacity for love. I, I just Thank you. Thank you for being on the Daily Huddle. Thank you. At the Daily Huddle, we agree that the best way to kick off the day is to adhere to Patty Dabrowski's seven principles for having a happy body, sexy skin, a laughing spirit, and a rewarding life. Give. Give of your time, your full attention, and of your unique talents. Move. Move your body to keep it feeling energized and alive. Eat mostly plants. Plants are the purest fuel to help you reach your full potential each day. Sleep. Sleep is how the body repairs itself and readies us to give us our best every day. Stress less. According to John Perkins, stress is just a problem without a solution. Choose your solution and dismiss the stress. Laugh, laugh out loud. From your belly to your chest and with your head tossed back, you will fire up your endorphins and bring more energy to everyone around you. Love, most of all love. With your words, your thoughts, your actions, power them with love and watch the way you experience life elevate to all it can be. We thank you for joining us on The Daily Huddle. We are a growing tribe of passionate professionals seeking to inspire a new generation of leaders. Until next time. Go out and share your unique ability to impact the world. See you next time.